I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal and it's going to be a fun, fun edition today. Of course, what a win yesterday at the Emirates. Arsenal finally beating Manchester City for the first time in 15 attempts in the Premier League, ending that 12-game losing streak in the league against City, moving above them in the Premier League table and moving joint top of the table, of course, behind a certain team. But we won't mention that right now. Let's just focus on the positives. And there are plenty of those today. My voice, as you can probably hear, is a little bit hoarse. I don't know what it's going to be like after rambling on for 20 odd minutes in this video. So, uh, yeah, apologies if uh, I'm. <laughs> you can barely understand what I'm saying by the end of it. But quite a bit of shouting was done at the Emirates last night, as you can uh, as you can imagine, because what a day it was. Let's bring up some slides and some pictures for us all to look at if you're watching this on YouTube. Lots of happy faces doing the rounds, as you can imagine. It was a really, really good day yesterday. It was, a, it was an interesting game, I think. Now, obviously, I was in the stand, so I was watching it as a fan. I wasn't, you know, at the time, sort of... When you're watching it from the stands like that, you just don't get as much of an insight because you're so sort of emotionally absorbed in it. You're not watching it. You don't, you're not seeing the replay. You're not seeing the analysis, that sort of thing. So from the sort of fan point of view in the stand, it was an interesting game to watch. It was, you know, very tight, very, you know, neither team really seemed like they were sort of pushing for that winner at times in the second half. It did feel like if someone was going to win, it was probably going to be Arsenal. I thought they shaded it, but it was a really tight game between two teams. They didn't want to give anything away. I think as the game wore on, you got that impression that it was all about sort of not letting things slip. Um, and I think both teams probably would have been fairly satisfied with the point as the way that the game was panning out. But if you're looking here, on the, they've got the Optus stats from the game. Up on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, you see the City actually shaded it in terms of XG, but it was a very low scoring XG affair. Arsenal 0.41, City 0.45, and most of that 
would have been from Nathan Ake's chance in the first couple of minutes that he put over from uh, after Declan Rice had cleared that effort off the line, the ball recycled back into the box, Harlan flicked it on and Ake had that chance that he put over and you can see by the size of the circle on that um, on that graph that had been put up, you know, that was the highest XG chance of the entire game and that's pretty much all of City's one that made up 0.55, but Arsenal dominated in terms of shots, 12 to 4, City only had one shot on target, I think that's the lowest shots in a game that City have had in the Premier League for years and years and years, I saw that stat doing the rounds, you know, Arsenal defended really, really well, we'll talk about that throughout this um, episode at times and the way Arsenal sort of nullified Manchester City and really kept them in check, kept Haaland in check and um, although it was a very you know, tight game, as I said, I did think Arsenal pretty much deserved it. So if one team was going to win it, I thought it was going to be Arsenal. And that's how it panned out, obviously, with that late goal from Gabriel Martinelli. It was an interesting team selection from Mikel. I spoke about it in yesterday's episode, actually. I was saying if Thomas Partey wasn't deemed fit to start, I wouldn't have been surprised if Jorginho came in. Uh, and that's how it panned out. Jorginho playing as the six, Declan Rice moving a little bit further forward, playing more in that kind of eight role alongside Martin Odegaard. So a bit of a tactical sort of tweak there from Mikel Arteta. Havertz was was on the bench. There was no Bukaya Saka, obviously. Missed out, very late decision, missed out. And um, Eddie Nketiah played as a sort of central striker. Jesus says, I was kind of hoping if Saka was out, played on the right, Trossard played on the left. You know, the back four and a goalkeeper were as expected. And Arsenal bringing on substitutes during the uh, second half, Martinelli party, Tommy Asu and Kai Havertz. And we'll talk about those substitutions a little bit later on in the um, in this episode. And it was just one of those games that as you watched it and as it dragged on, you thought it's either going to take a moment of brilliance, you know, a refereeing decision. It was something like that was going to, was going to, if so, if the deadlock was going to be broken, it was going to be something like that. And in the end, it was a deflection that did it with Gabriel Martinelli shot deflecting in off Nathan Ake right at the end. Honestly, it was an amazing moment when that goal went in the celebrations. If you haven't seen it, I posted up a video. I uploaded a video on this channel um, this morning, just of a kind of like behind the scenes look of the day. It was just about sort of five minutes long, just kind of trying to capture the atmosphere of the day before the game, during the game, after the game. Um, and I, yeah, when uh, when that when that ball hit the net, it was just magical scenes at the Emirates. The noise, the atmosphere, the emotion. It was just absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't seen it yet, go and watch it. I uploaded it uh, earlier today. So um, hopefully it captures the mood a little bit of what it was like. It was the noise when that went in, the celebrations. You could just see what it meant to everyone. You know, this was such a huge game for Arsenal. It was It was more than just a match. It was the whole psychological factor of it all. You know, we've all we all knew it all been talked about a lot leading up to the game. Twelve defeats in a row in the league, hadn't managed to get a win against them in fifteen matches in the league since that masterclass from Santi Cazorla at the Etihad, um, which is just remarkable. I think that was the last win. I think yeah, it must have been. It was just a remarkable statistic. You know, as as good as City are, and we know how good they are, you would still think that Arsenal would be able to would have beaten them at some point during that run, but I hadn't seen have just got that number over Arsenal. And you kind of hope the Community Shield win in the summer was going to mark the end of that. And now they've followed that win up with a, you know, a proper win in this one. And, um, you know, what that means for the remainder of the season, we'll, we'll remain, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I just think psychologically, it has to be a big, big moment. And you could see it in the celebrations with the fans, what it meant to the players. You know, it was a big, big victory 
for Arsenal. A real statement win. I think it maintains their unbeaten record. As I said, it moved them above Manchester City in the table. Um, and just a really, yeah, really, really massive victory, I thought. Uh, and you could tell Mikel Arteta was really, really pleased. He knew how important it was. You could see his face during the game and after the game. Speaking in his press conference, he said it's a great feeling, obviously. You could sense it's been so many years without beating them. And today we have beaten, in my opinion, without a question of doubt, the best team in the world. And we've done it in a great way. There were moments we had to suffer, but as well moments we showed real determination, desire and belief to beat them. So I'm really happy. Uh, he was then asked, you know, is this sending a statement about... Um, this win and ending that record against City says, well, it certainly sends a message to the team. Keep believing in what they are doing. They are a fantastic group of players. The way they try, the understanding, the chemistry that they have between them, you sense it and you need it to beat that today. Again, I'm really proud. I was proud on Wednesday when we lost the game. He means Tuesday, obviously. And I'm really proud again today as well to be part of that team. And there was a real, there is just a real sense of unity around Arsenal at the moment, I think. And, Wins like this can only help with that. I think it really will. It's um, you, you need victories like this just to build that confidence and belief. And Arsenal have done so much in the last year in terms of these type of victories, of ending runs against teams who they've struggled against, you know, going to Tottenham and winning last season, beating Liverpool at home last season after so long without beating them, you know, winning again at Stamford Bridge, even this season going to Goodison Park and winning, which yes, Everton haven't been great this season, but it was still a big sort of psychological thing for Arsenal that they've failed to do for so long. But this was the one thing that was left to do to beat Manchester City. And they've done that now. And it, I just think it's going to be a really, really important thing for them and an important thing for Mikel Arteta as well to get one over um, Pep Guardiola. And to be fair to Arteta, as Brady Perez 7 says here, credit where credit is due, fantastic masterclass with tactics from Arteta. And he did get it really, really right yesterday. I thought the team selection, once Saka was out and wasn't going to play and once it had clearly made the decision the party wasn't fit enough to start, I think... Um, uh, Arteta got everything right. You know, bringing Jorginho in, I thought that was a really, really smart move, as I, as I spoke about in yesterday's video before the game. You know, if Partey wasn't fit, it made sense to bring Jorginho in there. He played really well against City last season. At the Etihad, even when he came on, I thought he changed the game and gave Arsenal a lot more control. So it was good to see him in that sixth role. We moved Thomas Part uh, sorry, Declan Rice further forward alongside Martin Odegaard. I thought it was a really good call. And then he got everything right from that point. You know, the substitutions in the second half really, really worked. Brought on Martinelli at halftime because Trossard had an injury. And, you know, that was a risk. And Mikel spoke about that afterwards. You know, the physios were worried. Everyone was worried. But Martinelli was so determined to be back for this game. Brought on Martinelli. Obviously, that led to the winner. But then the whole goal that led to the winner, all four substitutes combined. You know, it was Thomas Party brilliant ball up. Thomas Partey was so good, I thought, when he came on yesterday. Absolutely excellent. And he played the ball up to Tommy Asu, who had made that run, who got into the... Uh, final third, and then he laid it off to Kai Havertz, who held it up really well. I thought Kai Havertz played really well when he came on yesterday, and then he held it up, laid it off to Martinelli, and Martinelli scored, obviously. It's just tactically, Mikel got it really, really right. He reacted to Pep's substitutions. He saw what City had done in that second half, and he reacted, and he reacted really, really well, and they made a big, big impact. So it was a very good day for uh, for Mikel Arteta, I thought. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Arsenal centre-backs now. Um, I mean, I've spoken about them a lot, but you run out of words to describe Gabriel and William Saliba. Um, obviously, Saliba is getting loads of credit for his performance yesterday, and he was magnificent. I mean, Erling Haaland did not get a kick. That moment in the first half when Haaland looked to get on the counter-attack and he used all his pace and his power that we've, we've seen him do, made that run into the space, and Saliba just went with him and then just muscled him off the ball and left Haaland on the floor. And he walked. It was just such a, a statement from Saliba, that moment, it's like, you are not bullying me. I am on you today. And um, it was just a magnificent performance from him. And he is, uh, you know, he's always called a Rolls Royce and all that. And everything that you say to describe William Saliba is correct. You know, he's just got the world at his feet. He's a generational talent, an amazing centre-back. And he was fantastic yesterday. You see those stats from Squawker. He's won 100% of his duels, completed 97% passes, against City, did not make a single foul. He didn't get dribble past once. Just dominated Erling Haaland throughout. as a fantastic performer, and he did it injured as well. He's pulled out of the France squad. He reports in France that he had to have an opera, um, not operation, sorry, don't want to scare you. He had to have an injection in his foot because he's got this toe injury. Um, he had to have an injection in his foot to sort of get him through the game, and he did that, and he played that well. I mean, it's just a fantastic player, and he's not going away with France, which is a good thing as well now he can stay might have a little bit of a holiday this week go away uh have a bit of a sort of recharge and then come back and spend some time at London Colney so that's really really positive so brilliant from Saliba but look as Vet Para here sent in this message hi Charles I think Gabriel must be one of the most underrated players in world football Saliba gets a lot of credit rightly so but he has Ben White next to him Gabriel is performing like he is next to Zinchenko who isn't in defense most of the time Gabriel is a beast in both boxes. He is composed on and off the ball and he is left-footed. What a player. And I, I love this comment. And as much as Saliba deserves the credit for what he's doing and the performance he put in yesterday, Gabriel equally deserves that sort of credit. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. And there's so many good points in this because Saliba does have Ben White closer to him who doesn't you know, do what Zinchenko does most of the time, doesn't drop into midfield and plays the inverted and extra man in midfield. So the amount of times Zinchenko does that, Gabriel's basically got to cover his space as well. And he does it so well. The pair of them together are just absolutely fantastic centre-backs. Just, you know, in my view, they're the best two centre-backs in the Premier League. They're just, and they're the best two centre-backs Arsenal have had as a partnership. 
you know, all, you could go right back to the, the, the invincible, you know, Campbell and Torre. There've been some good, good ones before that, you know, after that, because Shelley and Mertesacker had a really good partnership at times, but I, there's, there's nothing that Arsenal have had since the glory days of Wenger, the invincibles, uh, you know, before that with Tony and Martin Keown and Boldy, people like that. But this centre-back partnership now is as good as it gets you know, for Arsenal in a long, long time. They complement each other perfectly. They're both so strong, physical. They can both score at the other end as well. Gabriel was especially such a threat, as that Para says here, in the opposition box. And um, yeah, just a delight to see them playing together and playing so well. And, you know, if they can stay fit, and Arsenal got ahead of a chance of doing something very, very special this season because they are that good. So really... Really pleased uh, to see that. Let's have a look on... Um, this was an interesting point. David Raya yesterday played in goal, obviously. First half, definitely nervy early on. You could sense that. Um, he had the moment where he got caught in possession with the ball by, I think it was Alvarez, wasn't it? Unfortunately, the sort of clearance deflected into the side netting rather than into the goal, which was a, you know, very, very fortunate. You could sense an edginess around the crowd almost that they wanted him to move the ball forward quicker when he was on the ball and just get rid of it rather than standing on it and sort of waiting for City to close him down. You know, Mikel was speaking about it. And I thought a really interesting answer from Mikel here. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, he's you know, talking about the Reyes distribution. He said, it's my fault, all my fault. They can put it all on me because I asked him to do that, especially against this team. You just have to do other things and you're... Uh, and you can get in big trouble. I think he was excellent. The way he dominated his box, the way he came out for crosses and set pieces, the height that he played at, he's got big ones because the crowd go like this with the players. I've seen it. The players start to kick balls everywhere, and I've said to him, you don't do that. Make sure you don't do that, and he didn't do it. At the end, he got rewarded because the team started the game uh, started the game the way he wanted to play much better, so it's a big compliment to him. It's a really interesting comment, there, I thought, because you could tell the crowd, you know, they were edgy, and... You know, when that happens, a lot of times players will panic and just start booting the ball on, get rid of it and get rid of it because the crowd are urging you to do that. You can just fall into that trap. And obviously, Mikel was told him before the game, don't do it. No matter what the crowd do, no matter how much they get on you, don't do it. You keep doing what I'm telling you to do, which is keeping the ball, dragging City out, get them on top of you and then play the ball out and try and turn around. And it is risky. It's a definite risk reward. We've seen that. And it almost failed spectacularly yesterday when that Alvarez uh, charge down almost resulted in City's goal. But this is what Arteta wants from, from David Ryan. This is why he signed him. And it might take a little bit of getting used to for us. But, um, you know, clearly it's what Arteta wants. And he thinks that's the way, especially against a team like Man City, that if you're going to, if you can beat that press, if you can suck them in and you can turn them and get the ball in to midfield and you've sort of cut four or five players out by doing that, then that's what he wants to do. And yeah, it's an interesting one. It was certainly nervy watching it at times, but. I think we're all going to have to accept that that's the way it's going to be from from now on. Okay, it's one from uh, Bernard uh, Wafula. I think 7441 says, Will PGMOL give two apologies for the Kovacic two tackles? And what were your view on the two incidents? Well, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was an absolute joke. I don't think Arsenal will get an apology for it. Um, but, I mean, Kovacic is a very, very, very lucky boy to stay on that pitch yesterday. The first one easily could have been red. Obviously, I was watching it from the, sta- from the stands and it was on the other side of the pitch for me, so you couldn't get a clear view. But 
you know, I looked on my phone while we were waiting when it came up with the VR check-in. I looked on my phone and everyone was watching the game, who's seen it on the TV or the journalists in the press box. I know we're all saying, oh, this is a bad tackle. And then you saw it and you think, oh, we could have easily, easily gone for that. When you think of last week, what Curtis Jones got sent off for for Liverpool at Tottenham. And then you see Kovacic's tackle there. It was dangerous. It was nowhere near the ball. Like Curtis Jones at least sort of went on the ball and it then his his foot sort of rolled over the top of the ball. And that's why it ended up being a high challenge. And that and you know, so in a way you can say he's unlucky. Kovacic didn't have that excuse yesterday. His foot didn't go over the top of the ball. It didn't sort of bounce into Odegaard. It was just a terrible high tackle that could have really hurt Odegaard. So he was very lucky. But then to do the next one within a couple of minutes. How on earth that is not? I mean, it is the most blatant second yellow card you can ever see in football. You know, it is so obvious. And how Michael Oliver didn't give him it, I don't know. I thought it was really... And when you consider... And I know it's hard to compare other incidents, but when you think about what Michael Oliver sent Gabriel Martinelli off for at Wolves a couple of years ago for those two yellow cards in the space of about 10 seconds, which was one little shove and then a little pullback or whatever it was. And then this time he manages to let Kovacic stay on the pitch. And I'm so grateful and glad that we're not sitting here now talking about that as a really controversial moment that potentially cost Arsenal. Because Arsenal went on and got the win, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But still, when you're looking at it purely as two decisions, I find it a real struggle to understand how Kovacic didn't get sent off for that he could have easily been a straight red but then to not get a second yellow I just it's it's really hard to explain how that's not a second yellow and it just again it just the inconsistency is just so frustrating because one week you'll see someone get sent off for that every you know all the time and then this time he lets it go and yeah it was a, it was a struggle it was a strange one I I have to say uh here's one from Mr Ace Blado says Tommy deserves more praise for the goal and he does, you know, fair play to Tommy Asu. I thought it was a brilliant run for me. It was really interesting. When Arteta brought Tommy Asu on, it was to counter the fact that Man City had brought Doku on. And so, you know, you thought Doku's going to exploit the pace with Zinchenko, the way he plays. And, you know, it was late in the game. He's getting tired anyway. He thought Doku's going to exploit that pace behind um, Zinchenko. As soon as that sub came on, we were all standing there in this crowd talking to each other and saying, this is this is dangerous. You know, he's going to be a real, real threat here. And Arteta reacted by bringing on Tommy Asu, which made so much sense to replace Zinchenko, to cut down that space for Doku and have a more, you know, out-and-out defender on that wing to, to counter the threat of Doku. But then Doku went over to the other side and ended up playing with Ben White. So he started playing on the left. And because of that, Arteta then said to Tommy Asu, okay, fine, we don't need you to do what we thought you were going to have to do. So you get forward now. You get forward, play almost as the extra man, like kind of Zinchenko, get foot into the final third if you can. And it's on this quote here, this is what Mikel Arteta had to say about him getting forward and playing as almost an attacker at times. He said, I just told him to do that. I said, Tommy, you know they put Doki there and Doku there in the first moment after they changed him to the other side and we made changes straight away. And then we see... Tommy, him as a left winger chasing the keeper. To be fair, the subs were excellent. Again, they're involved in the goal. They brought so much physicality, energy and quality to the team. Um, so, yeah, it was a really interesting sort of tactical tweak from from Arteta when sort of reacting to what Manchester City did. And fair play to Tommy Asu. It was a great run forward. And again, it just shows the importance of the squad. You know, I thought Arsenal ended that game with the players on, with the substitutions that have been made. They ended it really, really strong because you've got Thomas Partey coming on, who played so, so well. Tommy Asu, who we know is such a good defender, such a good player um, and versatile. Kai Havertz, who every time I see Kai Havertz play as the nine, 
I, I prefer him there so much than when I've seen him play as a left eight. Every time he comes on or plays as a nine, I think he does really well. And I thought he did really, really well yesterday. Obviously got the assist for the goal, which was a big moment for him. And it's just the more I see it, the more I just think, play him there. If you're going to play him, play him there. Don't play him as a left eight. Play him as a, a false nine because he causes problems. He's good in that position. And he just seems to have more impact on a game when he plays there. Um, and obviously Martinelli got the goal. So the substitutions all worked. And I thought they made Arsenal look really, really strong towards the end of the game. And um, yeah, that was really, really good to see. Okay, here's one. And this is how we're going to end today. And I almost feel like I repeat myself when it comes to Declan Rice. But Louis uh, underscore four, five, five, four says, Declan Rice is like a modern day Patrick Vieira. We might finally have replaced him. I mean, Declan's going to have to go a long, long way to be able to say he's finally replaced Patrick Vieira because Vieira was just an absolute one-off, just a wonderful, wonderful footballer who gave me so much joy. Um and yeah, it's hard to really put anyone in the category of Patrick Vieira. But what Declan Rice is doing, how he's playing since he arrived at Arsenal is just absolutely superb. And the fact that no one mentions his price tag already, you know, he's only been here a couple of months and already no one mentions the fact that he cost £105 million because he's just worth every penny. And it's so obvious for everyone to see that he's worth every single penny that Arsenal paid for him. It was so good again yesterday. So that, that sort of three of Saliba, Gabriel and then Declan Rice, they were so... So good. And Jorginho as well, actually. I want to pay credit to Jorginho because I thought he played really, really well and was excellent for Arsenal. But what Declan Rice gives, the, the ability to win the ball back. I mean, that moment in the second half when he raced back, I'm not sure, can't remember who it was on, and he just did that amazing tackle to win back possession and then immediately passed it forward and got Arsenal moving again. He's just got everything, Declan Rice. He really, really does. He's just a fantastic player. And, you know, if he can stay injury-free this season, which fingers crossed he can... Just going to be such an asset to Arsenal going forward as they go and try and win this title, go deep into the Champions League. And um, yeah, just £105 million well spent. It's tough to say anyone's bargain £105 million, but Declan Rice is looking every inch a bargain for me at the moment. Just an absolutely fabulous player who shone yesterday, as he has done pretty much every time he's pulled on an Arsenal shirt since making that move from West Ham. All right, everyone, that is it from me today. Thank you very much for watching or for listening. I hope you've had a fantastic Monday morning. I have. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we've got two weeks to celebrate this result, well, which is very, very nice. We'll wait and see what happens with some of the players on their international breaks. Bakaya Saka, Mikel Arteta saying he's not going to link up with England. There are reports today that England are still expecting him to link up and be seen by the doctors. So we'll see how that happens over the next 24 hours or so. I'm sure we'll speak about that in tomorrow's episode. We've got Inside Arsenal Extra Time coming tomorrow as well with myself and James Benj at some point. So if you want to send in a question to myself and James, please do that. Reply in the comments below. We'll have a look at them and go through some of them on tomorrow's show. Until then, everyone, have a very good start to your week. Enjoy watching the highlights again and again and again, as I'm sure... Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're going to, and uh, yeah, have a great Monday. Speak to you soon. 